The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. What's up? Another hour here with Will Cain, the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. Reminder for everyone tomorrow, I'll, I'll uh, look, I'm going to be here tomorrow, all right? Okay. I'm going to be here on Wednesday. I know you're going to fly out to Texas, so that means we get Will Reed tomorrow. Still get help. Still get a Will. Are you nervous? Because he's, he's got the New York City thing. He's a little taller. Better looking. He's a good looking kid. Real good looking guy. Forgot him, Srudy, in our top five, by the way. What, best looking guys at ESPN? No, remember that? We did that. We never really finished it, though. Nah, we were just sketching it out. We Back were. napkin type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't finish it. McShay. McShay had a real issue with that. He was not into the world's sexiest man alive deal. He didn't want to do it. Some dudes are comfortable. Yeah, but I don't ever see McShay as somebody going, I don't want to do this because I'm not comfortable. Yeah, I, I definitely have a couple friends be like, oh, dude, I don't do that. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Wow. Congrats on all the women that you've had in your life because you never allowed yourself to admit a guy is good looking. You know, too, right? When you're in a room or you're in a crowd or you're in a circle and you look around and you're like, damn it. A couple of these guys are just better than me. It's just not going to work out. You realize this isn't the right crew. I went out one night. Tell us more. With Chris Long and Matt Bushman. All right. Matt Bushman is Sarah Walsh's husband. He pitched at Vandy, pitched in the majors for a bit, was in the minors forever. And he is a stunningly good looking dude. And Chris Long isn't bad to look at either. And the three of us were out. And somebody took some pictures of us. And they posted them. And the only thing I got was, this is a bad group for you to be in. Were there comments that hurt too? Yeah. Well, I understood. I I didn't look like those guys. But it was a, I don't think I'm repulsive, but when I was in the middle of those two guys, the feedback was not uplifting. Which is okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't need to be kept in check. We just did a segment really quickly about uh, marrying yourself to your takes, right? Yep. And never wanting to be wrong and rooting for outcomes that ensure that. Yes. One of the things that occurred to me during that entire segment, we've had a conversation today about hot takes, right? Mm-hmm. I always act like the guys on this side of the microphone are the ones with the hot takes. That was like four callers. And let's not pretend like they soft-pedaled some positions or had some nuanced positions. I just want you to know... One of them said Jimmy G is garbage. Another one said Mark Richt couldn't win the big one. Another one said the Big 12 produces trash quarterbacks. Might just be we're all hot take artists. Temperature was definitely up on some of those phone calls. All right, we got Andy Benoit, Sports Illustrated here. Hit us up uh, if you root selfishly uh, on the 100flowers.com Twitter feed. It's at Rosillo Show. Okay, from the MMQB, Andy you kind of started this Tyrod stuff with us, and as you looked at Tyrod, I was with you a bit and kind of going, well, look, if they want to move on from him, I understand it. There's numbers that tell you he's really good. There's numbers that tell you he's not very good. And you had said it's pretty clear when you study the tape that he's not this good. And yet Peterman comes out, throws up on himself, and then Tyrod somehow becomes all pro. Do you feel like there is a rooting group in the media that roots for Tyrod that drives you crazy? Because I feel like some of these people are almost going at you, as you suggested on our show, that he just misses too many throws. Uh, yeah, I do. I, it's you. You get that with these unconventional quarterbacks. Sometimes you're Johnny Manziel, you're Colin Kaepernick types. These runaround guys that look great and, and, and captivating on television, but really don't give you a consistent offense. And 
that Peterman thing, I got done watching that film. I don't know what Sean McDermott's going to do because Peterman clearly wasn't ready to be out there. It throw up on himself, I think, is a good way to put it. And yet it's obvious that they have issues with Tyrod and the offense isn't fitting him anymore. And they're in a tough spot with that one. Yeah, but Andy, I mean, we loved having you on. We loved hearing what the All-22 tape showed on Tyrod Taylor. You told us whatever you're seeing in QBR, whatever you're seeing in touchdown-interception ratio, what you're not seeing that the tape reveals are the plays that Tyrod's not making that the coaching staff wants him to make. In the past weekend, that's been described as a dog-whistle argument. Why is that there? What is it that Tyrod is not doing on the field? Explain that to us one more time. Sure. I think, you know... Let's take it a step back because he's got 10 guys around him. And when Rick Dennison, their new offensive coordinator, got there, he's a zone-running offensive coordinator, an outside zone scheme, like what the Falcons run or what the Broncos made famous in the 90s. And when he got there, I think what he's come to gradually realize that he didn't maybe right away is they don't have the offensive line talent to run that kind of scheme. It's, those guys are bigger guys. They're north-south. They're not east and west nimble blockers. And why that's a problem is because as they've gotten away from that, that's where their play-action game came, and that's where Taylor was most comfortable. You get you, you get your rollouts, your bootlegs on that. Taylor's on the move. He's throwing lob throws instead of uh, balls on a rope. It really played to his strengths, but that running game's not in the equation anymore, and so now he has to be a pocket passer, and that does not play to his strengths. So they're asking different things of Taylor because they can't have the same stuff with their offensive line and some of his weaknesses have started to show. And I think the more they, they think of other things to ask, hey, let's try this, let's try that, the more they realize that he's got limitations. We're talking to Andy Benoit again, the MMQB, part of Sports Illustrated's football coverage. The Chiefs, uh, I would tell you Alex Smith is kind of becoming Alex Smith again, but is there more to this? Um, maybe a little bit more to what's happened. I'm not a big blueprint guy. Like, oh, that's the blueprint. You beat them with that, everybody will do it. But in this case, there kind of has been a blueprint set. When the Steelers came out a few weeks ago and just played very soft zone coverage against Kansas City, and then Dallas has done it, and I just got done watching the Giants. They did it. What's happened is that eliminates a lot of the misdirection stuff in Kansas City's scheme. They can still run it, but it doesn't have the same impact because there's no defender now in man coverage attached to the skill position guys. So their misdirection doesn't drag defenders or manipulate them the same way. And everyone's rallying to the ball and keeping it in front of them. And all these gadgets, you don't don't want to call them gimmicks, but all the gadgets they do in Kansas City, they're kind of losing their potency. Now, there's other stuff they can do, but they've got to make an adjustment. And part of the adjustment will be, Alex Smith making more downfield throws, making more traditional type of quarterbacking throws, and we'll find out how much he really has grown in the second part of the season here. Talking about gimmicks in Kansas City, New England's often described as a creative offense. We just had Lewis Riddick on the show, and he said Seattle and what they're asking of Russell Wilson is one of the most simplistic, um, lacking in creativity route trees. And he also mentioned Oakland as another offense that is just, I don't know, I guess, paint-by-the-numbers, ABC simplistic. Is that something you agree with? And what other teams would you point to as, like, this is a really, really simple offense? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think Lewis is a really smart football guy, and I think he's on to something there. This, you know, Oakland, they've got a new offensive coordinator. They're trying to figure out how to use their receivers, and I think they've improved, and it's still a, a, a process there. 
Seattle, it'd be interesting to have an honest conversation with Daryl Bevel, their, their offensive coordinator, because Wilson is so unconventional. You wonder how much of what they do or in, in what Lewis is talking about, what they don't do, how much of that is just to accommodate Wilson's unique style of play. And inherently, when you have an offense that is simplistic and a lot of it depends on the QB running around like that, it's going to be very inconsistent. It's going to look great one week, and it's going to look ridiculous another week. To answer the question about who else has played that way, I mean, Buffalo plays that way, and they play, they were actually more simplistic with Peterman than they were with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's It's isolation routes that tend to simplify things, and isolation routes are fine if you've got the players to do it. Green Bay is another team that does it a lot when Aaron Rodgers is out there. But if you don't have better talent than your opponent, then your isolation route, that stuff's not going to work and you will be simplistic. Neutral field today, Minnesota, Atlanta. Who would you win? Who would, who would you take? Sorry. Uh, probably Minnesota. That's a really good defense. A lot of talent that's been there a long time. And you see the chemistry and you see the comfort level with them and Mike Zimmer's scheme because they look faster almost every month as you watch the film. And they're very fast at the safety position. That's actually what makes them so challenging. Harrison Smith and Andrew Sandejo. Uh, I, I think Atlanta is on the rise, but Minnesota to me is the most complete defense in the NFC, maybe even the NFL. So you mean to say not just, okay, I'm picking against these teams, that you would you think Minnesota's for real enough to, to scare some teams here in the playoffs? Like Minnesota oh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Minnesota yeah, in the Super because- Bowl is not surprising to you. No, I think they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And I would imagine Case Keenan will remain the starter there because what their, their offense, so they're almost the antithesis of what we just talked about in terms of simplistic. They win with their scheme quite a bit, and they've done a great job with their route combinations to defeat man coverage early in the down or zone coverage late in the down. And Keenum has been very comfortable and decisive in Pat Shermer's offense. And, you know, he didn't just all of a sudden get more talented after last season in L.A., he is just playing in a system that he's comfortable with, and I don't think there's a lot of difference skill-wise, talent-wise, between Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater is not the, the gunslinger that people think he is, and so then it becomes a function of who is most comfortable in the offense, and Bridgewater hasn't run this offense. He was in Norb Turner's system when he got hurt. So Keenum's played great. Their offense is really well designed. Adam Thielen's a tremendous route runner. That's the, the key. That's what makes it go. And uh, you you pair that with an outstanding defense, and things are going to go well. Awesome stuff. Thank really you, Andy. Good. You got it. Thanks, guys. Andy Benoit, the MMQB on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. Minnesota, are they in our top five, bottom three? According to Andy, we should definitely have them in there. That, and we do have the Russell Wilson no fear stare down with John Gruden. Not a glimpse. No. Not a glimpse of fear. You're going to hear it next right here on the Rosilla Show with Will Kane, ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it, a guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. 
That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. We all saw it last night. All of a sudden, we're watching Monday Night Football, and again, it was great to have that kind of matchup, Atlanta and Seattle. And in the pregame, you know how I'll feel about the Russell Wilson interviews. They are they're not even just bad anymore. They're actually comical. I'll, look, I'll, I'll watch them. I seek them out to anticipate going, ooh, I can't wait to see how bad this is going to be because they're so weird. And he said it to a whole nother level. So, Rudy, I know you're kind they're, of – They're borderline offensive. Like, you, you know, I, you, you're offended I'm by I'm a little them? bit offended by it because I just do, whoa, don't whoa. think it's real. Okay, what's offensive? You think it's all fake? That I just – there's no way that you're on like that all the time. And, and he, I think, portrays that. And you say weird, which I can't put my finger on what you mean when you keep saying weird. You said sociopath, and I didn't disagree. <laughs> now, you didn't call him a sociopath. Um, I don't believe that he's a sociopath. I think that there's some some tendencies there. We got Will Kane, the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. Uh, and everybody, you know, here's the deal. By all, accounts, by all accounts, all the public stuff, like Russell Wilson, this is a guy that does things the right way. You know, he cares about how people, like, you know, people... I, I get it. Like people come at me and be like, "Wait a minute, you're clowning Russell Wilson? Like, who are you?" And I'm like, "I get it. I'm likely never going to be as successful as Russell Wilson is. Get you know, I want to cap it. You know, I don't want to cap. Put my in just yet. Right. There's so many great things about him to play, but his interviews they're insane. They're insane. And I was on this so early and kept telling people like, "This is there's this a is the opposite." Yeah. This is you've married yourself to a take, and you're feeling like you're feeling good about it. Oh, because there's evidence every single time that he talks. I'll get more people going. You know, I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out. I'd be like, well, first of all, how did you not notice it? That it's weird, and it's these things where it's in threes, and then it's this deflection. There, I get being the quarterback and wanting to give everybody else credit, but it is this immediacy that he does it that's almost so scripted that it feels fake. I just want to clean up something. Because you throw a sociopath around pretty cavalierly there and didn't let me respond. When yes, I you did not call him one. Sociopath. Right. I did not call him a sociopath. What I said was, in this clip we're going to play in a little bit, when he switches gears with Gruden from happy-go-lucky making jokes to staring daggers at you, there is no fear. No fear. Not a glimpse of fear. When he does it on a dime like that, and then, by the way, comes out on the other end, back to laughing, joking guy, you are either sociopath or rehearsed. Yeah, I think rehearsed. Okay, here it is. This is part of it. You, you love adversity. So, some players, they take a dive in adversity. Some coaches take a dive in it. Some people thrive in it. Your fourth quarter performances this year and since you've been here, what is it about adversity, tell me, that brings out the best in you? And for me, I think in our, for a football team, really, uh, there's no fear. There's no fear. There's not a glimpse of fear. And so uh, I think I think that's the mentality you have to have, and that's what you what you have to believe and what you have to know. So, like, do you think he practiced that five times in the mirror or six? That was definitely practiced because he had the cadence down and the pause, the dramatic pauses in between. And for those listening on radio, I cannot express this enough. 
We got to tweet it out from the show account. The way he looks, and you think he's done, and he's not done, and he looks again, and he's still not done. And then, and by the way, what I tell you, immediacy. Well, it's really not us. It's just the whole football team. It's the whole football team. And then the thing at the end is a total nothing burger. Play it again. Tell me what the hell he actually means at the end of this. You love adversity. Some players, they take a dive in adversity. Some coaches take a dive in Make it about the team immediately. Some people thrive in it. Your fourth quarter performances this year and since you've been here, what is it about adversity, tell me, that brings out the best in you? And for me, I think, you know, for a football team, really, uh, there's no fear. There's no fear. There's not a glimpse of fear. And so uh, I, think, I think that's the mentality you have to have, and that's what you, what you have to believe and what you have to know. Is that the three thing you're talking about? He does the three thing all the time. He does he does repeat something in, in 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 groups of three when he wants to punctuate it. It's constant, and I feel like the crazy person that has the right path. That's going no no come down this path. Like I'm don't don't doubt me on this one. Follow me. And then when people go, oh, you know, like Canel and I used to scream at each other all about it. He'd be like, no, that's exactly what you wanted your quarterback. And you go, there's a way to do the deflecting. Not taking any of the credit, giving everybody else credit. There's a way to do it that's less crazy. What you're saying is it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. It is. But see, you had to add something else. See, you, I, you, you didn't let my dramatic pause sit, sorry, so I, I couldn't realize. get from one to three. I screwed up your joke. <laughs> I screwed up your joke, Will. Sorry. Say you're sorry three times. I know you mean it. But if you talk to him about, I swear, anything, if you went, Hey, you like to drive, don't you? You, know, you? you own a bunch of cars. Well, it's not so much me as it is the car. You know, you get your tires. And the thing about tires, tires are great. Tires are connected to the road. You know, they're going to keep you going. You always get an extra one, which is great. And sometimes that fifth guy feels left out. But you know that fifth guy, like, you're going to be using him. There's going to be a time I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you, fifth tire. You're just back there. You're sitting there. But don't worry about it. And then you get the tires. And then you get your steering wheel, which is round a lot like the tires. So they're hanging out and they're having a good time. But without that steering wheel, they can't really even move the tires. Because the tires, they got, they got stuff going on in there. And then, you know, that's really kind of what you're talking about when you're talking about driving, and you have to just understand that going in. You missed your opportunity to use need three times. You need them. You need them. If you asked me about this show, I would go, well, it's not so much me as it is Will and Saruti, and, you know, that's the thing. Like, it's a good show. We have a good time on the show. It's a great show. <laughs> and then it would be on to something else. I get Canel's take. It is what you want from your quarterback. Yep. It's so much what you want from your quarterback that feels like it was read in a brochure. Yeah, there's a way of doing it, and, and there's, practiced. there's there's too much. That was I'm so glad you saw that last night because I was at home going, I think I'm keeping this on. I thought he was going to kill Gruden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we'd have a murder because we probably would have edited out the murder. You think? Yeah, would we? Or would we run that? Probably not. All right, top five, See, bottom left three. Going. What's up, Saruti? <laughs> oh, okay, we have breaking news. Uh-oh. What? Denver Broncos breaking news. That's next on ESPN Radio. Nobody's going to stop me. No, nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping what matters. Now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song. I'm going to blow it up now. My workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets, different pay grades. Like I bring it on. 
motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at kronos.com slash HR swagger. All right, so apparently uh, Steph Curry had to release a statement about the Steph Curry challenge where you just throw up a shot or a cup or whatever, and I, it totally freaked me out because I'm like, what did Steph Curry get in trouble for now? And basically anytime anybody does anything now, and this is just a stupid shot challenge and kids are jumping off of cars and stuff and buildings. Well, if you look at the tape, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a finger roll type drive to the basket that Steph throws up. A million, yeah, right. Thirty right, feet right. in the air. Okay, a million. A million's feet in the air. too many, but yeah, 30. a little less than a million feet yeah. in the air. And by the way, then it just drops right through the bucket. But if I'm reading this right, kids are like dropping it onto tables where people are eating lunch, over card games, not just in the hoop. Thus, eliciting the PSA. Right. So Curry says, "Be very mindful of the repercussions of messing with people's stuff. I do not condone violence. The only thing I, uh, that's the only thing I do not condone violence. So." Steph Curry, uh, not a role model. Steph Curry, bad at parenting. <laughs> Where do we put him? NBA parenting rank. We'll do that coming up next. No, this is like th- you know what this is. What this is? Uh, this is like jackass. This is, is the little thing that this rolls at the beginning of jackass. Except yeah. when you're letting yourself on fire or inserting a rocket somewhere, a little more obvious. It feels a bit more dangerous than just okay. What are we doing here? With Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. Top five, bottom three. We we'll get to that in a second. But the Broncos have decided to announced Paxton Lynch as their starter. Whoa! So that's according to ESPN's Dan Graziano. Uh, he's going to be announced as a starter apparently tomorrow. Pom poms so out. Graziano has that number. What, what is? Uh, what am I missing here? What? You want to just jump in? Oh, we've had that conversation all day, right? Married to the take. Got to root against Paxton now. Otherwise, my whole Elway's mismanaged the quarterback position. That's thing right. Be, right. You do have to root against Paxton. Lynch. I mean, tuned into the Broncos this weekend, hoping Paxton puts up a Nathan Peterman-type performance. Have you come around at least to me that the reason why Paxton isn't playing is because he was more hurt than they realized initially? Or do you just think this Dude, is a sign? let me tell you something. You don't get to do that. I've been around. I see the nuances on this one now. I'm here for all the little stuff that other people <laughs> miss. So this thing you told me about I take your takes over to first take and amp them up a little bit and pass them off as my own, <laughs> here's the Ron Rosillo play. Run an opinion out there, then act like it's Will's weeks later. You and I both said the Paxton experiment's one of the greatest mistakes we can think of hold on then people came at us and said you realize he's injured right you did not no 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 greatest mistakes ever paxton lynch he didn't even on the radar to be but that's consider that kind of thing you're picking a fight on the side of the ring i don't i'm over here in the middle we both were like this paxton thing this paxton lynch thing not good okay whatever extent not good we both were like not good and then people came at us and saying you realize he's injured right you can't tell me that you with time were telling me he's injured, Will. No, but what I'm telling you is I don't think the team thought he was as injured as he ended up being. So you just – this is a study in you right now. <laughs> you got pre-defensive about something that I wasn't even doing to you yet. I'm still confused. Okay. Here, maybe I'll rephrase this whole thing. He was hurt. He was more significantly hurt than we realized, yes. than the team realized – and yet it was being played out a bit as if, well, you know, he can't, Paxton, even, get on the yeah, field. He can't even get on the field. No, no. That's why they brought him Brock. You know, there's some familiarity there. So I guess the more important thing now is then to ask, and I'm sorry that you had to go down there and revisit these memories, but 
you're rooting against him. You are. Uh, yeah, it's nothing against Paxton. Yeah, I right. Want, I want to be right. You want to be right about the Elway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you think it's weird that in the same week Mike McCoy is fired and Paxton Lynch is promoted to starter? I think there's connections at all. I don't know. I'm just connecting dots, seeing things that might be there. Call me crazy. Paxton has started only two games, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, Rudy, what did you say to me yesterday, by the way? You said, is this the only first-round quarterback you can think of who has never and may never start a game? And I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That lasted a day. Well, and because he did start a game last year. Two of them, actually. He started two last year. Yeah. Wait a minute. Was that the question last year? Or yesterday? We were doing that yesterday? Not on air. This is just me and Sarudi doing our own post-show pod. Oh, you guys didn't publish it. Are you guys going to do one of those? <laughs> no. Practice. I'm always shocked at how much Will hangs out after the show, but if you're going to the hotel, then it's not so shocking. Why don't you just call me sad? <laughs> Will Kane on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, comparing rates to help you save. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today and find out how much Progressive could save you. The top five. And bottom three. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Number five, the Minnesota Vikings. Number four, this will be unpopular. The Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, the team to beat, in my estimation, in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints. And number one, the New England Patriots. Why do you have Philly four? I think New Orleans is the team to beat. I really do, in the NFC. I think New Orleans is better than Philadelphia. I think they are close. They both have really good defenses. That's not crazy. I think the Pittsburgh ahead of Philly is more surprising. Well, what I'm telling you is I think Philadelphia is the second best team in the NFC. So, you know, four versus two in the power ranking sounds like a bigger gap than one versus two in the NFC. Sure. So you're really taking issue with Pittsburgh ahead of Philly? Is that what you're at? Yeah, for me, a little bit more. The New Orleans thing I'm fine with. Are you? Yeah. Hot team right now. Getting hot. Are they getting too hot too early, though? I always love that analysis. Yeah. Let's do a let's do a show on that next week. We could, um, because I still would like to know the team that didn't get hot at the right time that did, in fact, win a Super Bowl. I mean, we we know this is true. The Indians did it this year. Way too hot, too early. Peaked, peaked. <laughs> Not that the Astros had injuries. Indians peaked. Okay, so I am New England one, Philly two, New Orleans three, Pittsburgh four, Minnesota. All of us having in there number five. So that Rams run a little short. The eliminator game a bit there with Minnesota. For these stupid rankings, not for anything that actually matters. Bottom three, Cleveland's the worst. San Francisco's the second worst. The Giants, red hot right now, but I'm sorry. I still have to put them in the bottom three. Same. Conditions. Cleveland worst. New, New York Giants second worst. San Francisco third. Got the head-to-head win against the Giants. <laughs> okay. Coming up next, he is the CEO of Big Baller Brand where you can buy that button down now that you saw on CNN. I'm going to say thank you you at the end of this interview. I will. Previously is Will Kane, former CNN correspondent, telling us exactly, exactly how it goes down. That's next on ESPN Radio. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, putting on a sweater, then 
wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from GEICO. I don't love all the LeVar Ball stuff, but there is a part of me that respects him a little. But then he'll do something that's really just brutal, something he'll say, and you go, okay, so I'm supposed to like this. And then it always becomes a white-black thing where it's if it's a white guy not buying in, then you don't understand him, and, and then you just don't get it. And like that's the part of it where I go, hey, I think there are some things about him I can like and just like. There are some things I can dislike, and it has nothing to do with white or black. It's just, hey, I don't like that thing that happened there, and that's okay. But he's finding a way to keep this thing going, and he was on CNN last night. And when I hear that tease, I have no interest and I'm not trying to be tough guy like I'm above it all. I'll do dumb stuff on my show all the time. But that was one of those deals where I wasn't going to stop all the NBA games, the Monday night game, Will, and decide to watch the cnn Lavar Ball deal, even though that turned in kind of the thing last night. I'm with you. I couldn't. I ignored it as long as I could. But unfortunately, the interview went on for 23 minutes, which meant my Twitter feed for 20 minutes kept going, what is happening? What is going on on television right now? And eventually I relented. What is on that channel right now? So Chris Cuomo's the anchor for CNN, and you know him, right? I do. You like him? Yeah. Politically very different, though, right? Yeah. I'm just, because I, you know, I I imagine the uninformed listener of you right now is like, oh, two white guys, New York City, CNN, figures they get along. Like, actually. Oh. Yeah. I would say The best thing a listener can do is not make too many assumptions about things like that. But the truth of the matter is this. I'll just give you this. Accepting, I don't even, I'm not even going to make any assumptions about you. Most circles I run in in my life these days, everyone is different than me. Everyone, everyone politically. Like their just, beliefs. What they're into. <laughs> what do you mean? Hobbies? Yeah. I mean all that. It's not always politics, Ryan. Okay. All right. But I, I want to make that point clear because there's just, there's this, this comfort level of of ripping on, you know, our show has been announced, and I saw a dude call it the white time, and I saw that too. somebody in the media was like, that's hilarious, and it's actually really clever. I actually know who you're talking about. And it's funny. I saw that. But there's a level of okayedness with it that I think is pretty amazing. I agree. And I'm not mad. We haven't talked about this. Yeah. I know exactly the person. I know exactly the joke. And what 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 took me aback is like, I was zero percent offended. Okay, me too. But that's what we're co-signing. Like that's cool. Everybody was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. And it was kind of clever. It was kind of funny. So I, the reason I'm even saying any of this stuff is that I want people to understand that you're not anti-Lavar pro Chris Cuomo here because politically you guys are aligned. When I would be telling you based on your histories here, you'd see things very different politically. Okay. I've got no team going into this other yeah. than the United States of America avoiding becoming idiocracy. <laughs> okay. So here's one of the back and forths that everybody was talking about where LeVar basically at the beginning wanted to be thanked for actually coming on the show. I'm going to say thank you, you at the me? end of this interview. I will thank you. I guarantee no. it. No. Are you going to say I thank me now? I guarantee it. You know why? Are you going to thank me now? You know why? Are you going to thank me now? Not yet. You haven't earned it why yet. Why are you going to thank me? Haven't earned it yet. But no, no, why are you not going to thank me? Haven't why are you going to thank yet. me right now? When you, you like the word it, thank, thank you. you. We're still you like short on thank you. We're still short. Your son what? said thank you, you can say for thank helping you. Can you say thank you, Mr. LeVar Ball? I will thank you Can you say thank you, Mr. LeVar Ball, for having this? Listen. How about we do it now? I just want to hear it. You know what? 
I'll show you what. I just want to hear now. Just to be decent, just because it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Mr. Ball, oh, thank you now for being it's a nice here with me on CNN tonight. Oh. Don Lemon thanks you now, how hard, from wherever how, he how, is. Don Lemon, Will Kane's guy. All right, so here is previously Will explaining behind the scenes on how that works. Previously on The Ryan Rossillo Show. So what's happening there with a host that doesn't want to do any of that stuff, but... He can't shut it down. Well, I don't think Chris keeps him on the line in order to win at the end of 23 minutes. I don't think... I know Chris. Um, I like Chris. Chris is a... I mean, he, he's, a, he's a good journalist, and he's a dude who wants to win. I guarantee you all those things. But the reason that interview went on for 23 minutes wasn't Chris Cuomo's pride. I will guarantee you that what happened is some three to four minutes into that, Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN, is on a phone calling the control room of that show saying, keep it going, keep it going. There is zero chance that in the rundown for that show that night, it said, LeVar Ball, let's block 23 minutes for this interview. (laughs) So there you go. That's how television is produced, boys and girls. Right there. Go with the energy. Let it flow. Don't interrupt it. By the way, could you imagine having a private conversation with someone where you tried to force a, uh, an apology out of them for 23 minutes? Other than your spouse? Um, yeah, I can imagine that part of it, I guess. Yeah, in a relationship. But yeah, and that deal. I mean, that that thing is where he goes, thank you. You know, I want you to thank me first. And Cuomo's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm trying to control the show. I'm the anchor. Like, eventually he has to stop. And LeVar's little things about you and the president thinking. I mean, how did it turn into you and me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's relentless. And then as soon as he says, yeah, because it's the right thing to do, I'll go ahead and thank you. And then it turns into, well, I'm not happy that I got to thank you. I'm upset now that I got to thank you with a qualifier. And you go like, oh, my God, dude. Is this the part that you respect? Like a minute ago you said there are things about LeVar Ball I respect. Is it that he I don't respect all of it, no. I mean, there's stuff about LeVar where I go, okay, so this is. He took an interview where the whole express purpose was to force him to thank the president. Instead, what he did is made the anchor thank him when he wanted it done. How much of it did you watch? Because I couldn't even get through the clips. I think I tuned, honestly, I tuned in it like, if it's 23 minutes, I turned it on with with three minutes to go at 20 minutes. What did the panel do? I turned it off. I just was like, are they going to do a panel to break this down? Were there any sports people on the panel? I, I... I'm not just saying this. I'm not trying to do the I'm too cool thing. I literally do not know. I, I did not say I believe you. who are those people because at that point, I believe Adrian Claiborne was having the week of his life returning a Russ Wilson fumble into the end zone to add to a $750,000 bonus and six sacks from last week, and I was sort of into that. That makes sense. Subscribe right now, 30 for 30 podcast in the Listen tab of the ESPN app or Apple podcast brought to you by Blue Moon, brewed with Valencia orange peel for a taste that shines brighter. Hit us up throughout the night if you're just bored. Hey, what are you guys doing? Well, you can go at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. Um, you're out of here. Tune in Thursday morning, live from City Limits in Sherman, Texas. Thanksgiving Day, first take. I'm pumped for you on that one. Man, I'm I'm honestly, is these moments when I was with you in Vermont and you had your thing in your hometown? I'm yeah. in my hometown, 30,000 people. The bar that we all hung out with had every Friday night doing first take. That's a, that's a lot like your Vermont thing. Same bars, hometown. I'm excited. Perfect. All right, that's Will Kane. We'll reeve with me tomorrow. I'll get you ready for Thanksgiving travel if you're on the road. The Rosillo Show. Bomani Jones is next. It's ESPN Radio.